Hello, and welcome to Data Endures Tech Talk. First and foremost, I am delighted to see you in person. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's been a long time. You've been seeing us on Zoom screens, and we're just so delighted to be joining you truly live for uh, the Tech Talk this month. So welcome. Welcome, Shaheen. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's exciting. It's uh, It's been, you know, while it's fun trying to figure out how to make all this work at home, there's the tech challenges and all that. It's definitely not the same. The interactions are tougher. You have to stay focused and pay attention. It's for sure. Much nicer being here. For sure. Um, well, thank, thanks to all of you for joining us. Uh, as you might have seen from the promotion for this Tech Talk, we wanted to talk a little bit about the managed service provider um, element to cybersecurity um, and, and infrastructure, to infrastructure resilience, cyber resilience. You've got different uh, acronyms of providers out there because we're in technology and we love acronyms. So we've got the MSPs, we've got the MSSPs, and um, you're trying, I think they're trying, you're seeing a lot of convergence going on right now. Um, folks trying to go from one to the other or add services to what they do. And um, you know, all of us have the same intent, which is serving our customers well, seeing a need, seeing where we can step in. Um, but not all are created equal, and it's not as easy as plugging in or installing a few tools and, and having it work. So we thought we'd just talk a little bit today about um, what are these two providers, um, where is it that they traditionally shine, and you know, where might be some either challenges or best practices that folks can think about as they determine what's best for their business. It's, um, you know, at, at its most rudimentary level, um, you don't take your car to your doctor and your heart to your mechanic. It's that's that's ultimately what we're really talking about here. And it's it's all about specializing and expertise. Um, I, I come from a long background of being in a security, 20 years of being in the security space. But a lot of that was also in the IT space. So I had crossover back and forth between those. And the things that you have to do operationally to excel in IT are significantly different than the things you have to do to excel in security. Um, the, the focus is very different. You're basically picking, looking for needles in a haystack in the security context, whereas all you're doing is building haystacks in an IT world. So it's, it's uh, and it's not a negative thing, but um, uh, as, as we've said before, Data Endure's um, core mission, core vision about how we help our customers is this concept of visual resilience, which is all about a combination of infrastructure resilience and cyber resilience. And you really can't have one without the other. You can have the best cyber tools, the best technologies, um, and they, they're sitting there, you got the check boxes and you're meeting your audits and your compliance and all that, but you don't have solid backups or your infrastructure mm -hmm. isn't redundant. And the minute something happens, because there, there are attacks that get past the best tools, and the minute something happens, you can't recover quickly. So you're not infrastructure resilient. And whereas you were cyber resilient um, or vice versa, you may be infrastructure resilient and not cyber resilient. We, we've had customers that will um, be able to recover very quickly from a ransom attack. And but their cyber solutions are not great. So they they get attacked very mm -hmm. quickly again. Mm -hmm. And there's a large percentage of companies that once they've been attacked, they get attacked again and again, and usually it's within 90 day periods from the original attack. So, um, you know, it's a it's a combination of the two and the going back to what the differences are, what the challenges are. Um, 
MSPs traditionally have been focused on IT and IT infrastructure, and they're doing things like patching systems, maintaining operating system versions, making sure that the end users are able. So they're, they're all about the availability side of the uh, formula, if you will, that infrastructure resilience. Whereas MSSPs are much more focused on the security side or the authentication or access or all the things that protect those resources, your information assets that the resiliency of the infrastructure brings to bear so you can do your business. So what's happened, this convergence that we're talking about is that there are over the last decade or more, MSPs have uh, started to become or wanting to get involved more and more in security because their customers are asking them. Mm -hmm. And you know, being good stewards of their customers' technology, they're, they're saying, let me see what I can do in helping customers. Um, the challenge with that is, you know, you may have the, and, and this is no offense to my MSP friends, I've, I've been in your shoes many times over the years, but you may have the best plumber and you're not going to ask that guy to do your electrical work. You're going to, you're going to hire an electrician to do your electrical work. And that's the real key diff, the focus that I think I'd like to bring to the table here is there are specializations for a reason, because somebody who's a great IT analyst and can support an end user and make sure they're back up and running and productive and make sure backups are working. The operators are, are not the same people that can find a malicious actor inside your network quickly. That's not to say that every scenario is like this. Mm -hmm. There are certainly companies who can do both well and have expertise and have hired people that can cover the gamut. But generally speaking, your skills and your core skill set from a leadership down is usually either in security or ID. And, and that's, that's the, I would say, key difference between these acronyms. So if we were doing a public service announcement and, and uh, advising our clients, we would say, as you're looking at who is doing your IT or who is doing your security, they may not necessarily be the right company to do the other side. We regularly get customers who ask us, um, you're already doing security for us, could you do some IT services? And the, we've, we've kept this very strict line of, we are an MSSP and that crossover line is we will do attributes of IT services that are related to security. Mm -hmm. Like for example, patching systems to make sure we plug holes, um, vulnerability assessments, but we don't, we don't go and chase down vulnerabilities. We give those results to the customer, whether it's their own IT team or it's an outsourced IT team. And we work very well with MSPs in that context, which is why some MSPs have white labeled our services and take those to market. Mm -hmm. So I would say that as, as it's not a buyer beware uh, comment, but it's really there, it's very easy to have some comfort around. I have a single throat to choke and it's an easy decision to say, these guys are already doing my security. I'd love them to just do the rest of it as well. That's not always the best decision. Mm -hmm. Well, you can understand from a consumer or customer perspective, um, anything they can consolidate, yep. right? So do I want two service providers or do I want one? Exactly. And so there, there is that impetus to, you know, if you already work with somebody, you trust them, you know them to try to bring them on to do more for you. But 100%. it seems like, you know, you really have to evaluate um, the scope and the breadth, both of their leadership and their technology and their talent to yep. see is that really something that, um, go back to your Swiss Army knife yes. <laughs> analogy, is that really something that they're going to be um, 
expert at or are they just good enough? And as we know in cybersecurity, um, assuming good enough is good enough is dangerous because yes. it's not. Yeah, I would um, uh, just to comment on what you said and then take a quick diversion here. Um, we would, as I mentioned, many of our customers ask us to do IT services for them, but, but recognizing our strength and our where we're the best at, um, what we've done is we've been asked for help desk services, for an example. And what we've done is we white label help desk services from somebody who does help desk very well. And they have the talent and the, and the IT analyst I was referring to that can support the end user, that can get them productive, that knows the office applications. My SOC analyst would be worthless in that context. And no offense to my SOC analysts that are watching. But who are awesome, <laughs> by the way. Who are amazing. <laughs> um, but um, the, the real value that we bring to the table as a partner for a customer is that single throat to choke in that the any uh, OEM, IT OEM relationships that I bring to the table are still coming into the customer as data endure. And we take the responsibility of the delivery of those services. We take the responsibility of the satisfaction, the billing. So it still comes in that ease of use and consumer friendly approach to being able to do services. But we've recognized that you need to tease those things apart. And the flip side of that is, like I said, we have some partners who resell data endure services or OEM data endure services to their customers as their security team. Mm -hmm. Very similar concept in the, in the reverse, which is they recognize their strengths in IT and they're bringing security expertise to the table. Mm -hmm. And I think those types of relationships will we'll see blossom more and more. Um, so having you know, white label services from your trusted partner is not a, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It could be a very good thing, just um, making sure that they have you know, vetted the right people and have got the background to pick the right players. Right. And in the context of good enough, um, it's, it is a constant struggle to get beyond good enough. Um, and we have many uh, customers over the years that we've done incident response for that use either all the same tools we use or some fraction of those tools that we use. And so you would think, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. You know, I've got, I've got a SIM, I've got an EDR offering, I've got uh, DNS protection, I've got, you know, all the things that we bring to the table to help, you know, uh, enforce and strengthen the security posture and security program. Um, maybe not as extensive as we do, but mm -hmm. the core functionalities are there and they still get hit hard with ransomware. And when you go and do investigations, you know, unfortunately, what the situation is, is one of two things. One of them is that they've got really smart security people who haven't got the time to look at the consoles. Mm -hmm. So if, you, if somebody had been in those consoles 24 by 7, they would have seen threads that show that that hacker has been in their network for four or five or six months and has been doing reconnaissance. And if you can identify that reconnaissance, you can stop it before it takes hold and, and causes a problem. Whereas the other side of it is that you may have a partner that is seeing the issues, but is giving, they're, they're not an expert in the space. So they're not weeding through and, and basically narrowing down and, and correlating and triangulating or even reducing the noise. Mm -hmm. And they're sending so many alerts that the, both the customer and the MSSP are fatigued with alerts. Mm -hmm. And therefore the real stuff is getting hidden in the volley mm -hmm. of noise that's coming across. Mm -hmm. So those are the two situations we see um, where 
the right security tools, which are good enough, are not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always say a sock without a, a, a sorry a sim without a sock is not effective. It's like having a guard tower without a guard. Right. Um, if nobody's watching the fence line and making sure nobody's climbing over the wall, it's they're going to get over and nobody's going to see it. Right. Um, even if you have video cameras or sensors or whatever, if nobody's looking at the alerts, it's it doesn't it's not that effective. So. The value proposition I think that a solid MSP, MSSP brings to the table is you're using a combination of machine learning and AI. Mm-hmm. And it's, as we've said before, it's telemetry. Mm-hmm. The more points of information that you can bring together so that you can triangulate in on what looks like malicious activity and bringing in techniques like the MITRE attack matrix techniques um, or MITRE attack technique more specifically that gives you the ability to say, this looks like malicious activity Mm -hmm. and mapping not just the endpoints, but the network, Mm -hmm. the the logs from all of your uh, Active Directory, your DNS, your DHCP, your firewalls, your IDS, being able to do not just network traffic analysis, but doing network intrusion detection. Mm -hmm. Um, All of these things come together and what we see regularly missing in SOC solutions is the correlation of vulnerability data. That's one of the key things that we bring to the table is it's one thing to do vulnerability assessments and sometimes people only do them once a year mm-hmm. when they do their pen test, but regular vulnerability assessment is important, but having that in a separate database that you don't do anything with doesn't do any good. Right. So if you correlate <clears throat> the vulnerability data with all of the other network traffic and point traffic, so all the telemetry points I just mentioned, you now have the ability to say, wait, this, this malicious activity is targeting an endpoint, a server that has a vulnerability and the tactics and techniques this malicious actor is using are in fact trying to take advantage of that vulnerability. Mm. So that gives you, that is the, the strongest type of telemetry you can get that says something's happening on this server and it's bad, mm-hmm. as opposed to could be, don't know, we mm-hmm. need to investigate. And then mm-hmm. that's a key differentiator that um, somebody who's been doing security for decades mm-hmm. can bring to the table versus somebody who's trying to build a business around sure. security. Sure. And um, so I would say, you know, it's the good enough is never good enough unless you've got the people who can add value to it. Yeah. Um, and even the best, we, we literally have customers who have had all the same technologies we use to power our services. And uh, something got by because it, and it and it got by not because it didn't get seen by the tools, it got by because the tools didn't get seen by the people. Well, and, and to be real, security isn't their core business, yeah. right? 100%. Building the widget, delivering the service, whatever exactly. that is, is their core service. Yeah. And, you know, their people are doing their best. They, like we, we know with IT folks, you're yep. busy, you've got, you know, you're dealing with the urgent sometimes rather than the important. Um, and it seems to me, you know, for, for any organization out there, budget drives decisions, it right? Does. And so um, you may have the tools, you may have the relationships, but you know, where is it that somebody in that food chain decides this is a risk that's okay to take? And, you know, in this area, we're really solid. In this area, we're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost seems these organizations, you know, yes, the managed service providers or managed security service providers bring the value, the talent, the expertise, the process. 
But, you know, when you come in as an organization like that, you, you may not be taking a look at everything or you may not be managing everything. And if you're only taking a part of it, this organization almost needs help understanding, okay, so what are the implications of this? So for example, if we are, um, use, if, if someone is using our endpoint detection and response, right, but maybe we're not doing other areas of their security for them, where might those gaps be? Or what is it that we're looking at and we're accountable for, but where are the areas that they really now need to make sure that their team is paying attention to? Because um, there's so many opportunities for failure. Or there's, and, and, and we always say this, it takes one click, it yep. takes one email. And, um, and that just leaves, um, that leaves these folks exposed. So 93% of all attacks initiate an email. So if, if we're not looking at telemetry from your email platform or providing you our advanced phishing protection, um, that's, that's a visibility gap that is significant. Mm -hmm. That's if, if you think about, basically we're saying nine out of every 10 attacks is coming, is starting from email. So if that's the case, email becomes a very critical telemetry point and usually email security is completely separate from the rest of the network security. So that's one factor. Um, in the example you gave, if we're just doing endpoint security and the threat comes in from email and we don't have that telemetry to correlate with the endpoint, we'll never know that there was something happening in email. So we won't be able to do advanced reconnaissance and determine what's going on. Um, an ad adversary is inside, uh, Ponymon says that an adversary is inside a network 200 days before they're identified. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of time for someone to do reconnaissance and figure out where your crown jewels are and, mm -hmm. and they can take their time figuring out how they're going to attack your environment. Oftentimes, by the time that a uh, adversary's behavior is noticed in any tool, it's 90 days from that point that mm -hmm. they actually do something. Mm -hmm. So if you had telemetry from multiple sources, like I was saying, so email, DNS, network, servers, mm -hmm. um, network traffic itself, so doing NTA capability, user behavior analysis, entity behavior analysis, and correlate all that information, you're able to far more quickly say, I saw something on this endpoint and I also saw something on the network mm -hmm. and that's suspicious, let me investigate, mm -hmm. let me do a threat hunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I not only see that this endpoint is doing something funky, it's not, it's not enough to trigger an alarm, but it's, you can see that it's doing communication that isn't normal mm -hmm. and the behavior analysis comes into play there. So that missing component allows a adversary to be in the network longer mm -hmm. and take their time and figure out what they're doing and you don't get to respond and endpoint is one of the hardest ones it's critical endpoint is critical to the network to the security posture of a company because once malware starts you want to stop it in its track so it doesn't spread and you want to be able to recover endpoint tools edr tools are designed to help you recover quickly however if uh nothing is happening that follows the behavioral models that say this is an attack the endpoint tool is just watching mm -hmm. it's it's monitoring and trying to determine is there anything and you know there's not three or four things that are chained together that look malicious there was just one thing mm -hmm. and it could be normal so there's no alarm that goes off but if you correlate that information along with 
wait a minute, why is this workstation connecting to 10 servers when mm -hmm. it never connected to 10 servers before? You can't get that from an endpoint tool. Mm -hmm. You can only get that by doing user behavior and entity behavior analysis on the network. Mm -hmm. So NTA is the key. There's an anomaly on the network that's happening. There's something that has strayed from the baseline from the standard. And so any, any one of the security tools in what we affectionately call our four effecta is effective and it stops things in their tracks at that point. But it, they're not going to stop something that they don't identify mm -hmm. as bad behavior. So the faster way for a company to get you know, from zero to 100 in their security posture is by taking all of the components that are integrated from a single player that is correlating those and right. be able to very quickly say, I see stuff across multiple mm -hmm. points of telemetry that pinpoint something mm -hmm. is happening. And then you can find the adversary inside your network in hours, right. if not minutes, right. versus months. And we say this all the time, it's all about time. Yes. And right now for many, you know, the adversary has that time advantage. Yep. And um, you know, one of the things we try to help organizations do is get that time back. And yes. to, we say, you know, bring, bring the advantage back to the good guys. Yep. Um, and it, it seems overwhelming. And even hearing you talk about all of this, and you know, I'm not in your head, thank goodness, knowing all, of, all that you know. But but I I would not want to be a leader in an organization today and have to try to figure all that out on my own. I just I can't imagine um, the the weight of that. Um, and and if you don't feel the weight of it, you're probably not paying attention like you need to be. Um, but we love to offer to organizations is a security health check mm -hmm. um, just for folks that might feel a little bit of angst or that feel nervous or that just aren't sure or maybe i do some or maybe i think i'm good enough but now i think maybe good enough isn't good enough um, so at the end of these we always offer a security health check to organizations mm -hmm. that are interested um, simply because uh, it's important to us to help you understand um, what your current state is today and whether you work with us or not, we'd love to work <laughs> with people, mm -hmm. um, but we really do want to help organizations understand um, where the most potential risk is yep. um, to, to put them in a better position. And we've got um, our, our security health checks, our health checks in general cover a broad spectrum of things. Um, the, the simplest and quickest one is our email security health check, which is five minutes to set up and in one week you have results that show um, who your riskiest users are in the organization what type of malicious uh, emails or uh, um, attachments are inside your environment in your inboxes already um, what kind of attacks are targeted in your environment if any account takeover attempts were done brand hijacking attempts all of those things are you know within within minutes of setup and one week of analysis we can come back and show you the single most largest um, uh, vector for inbound attacks, how you're doing and how your current email security platform is. Um, a lot of folks will hear me talk about our advanced phishing protection and say, I've got product X, Y, or Z that's already doing uh, malware protection and phishing protection. I typically call those solutions email hygiene. And email hygiene alone is not enough. There's great tools that do great email hygiene, but they're all file-based solutions. Um, what we bring to the table is very similar to the network threat analysis that I talked about, or anomaly analysis. We call it inbox. I, uh, I call it inbox threat analysis because it's API integration with Office 365. 
and it scours all the inboxes as if it was scouring the network and mm. finds existing bad activities or uh, uh, emails inside the platform. Mm -hmm. So email security health check, five minutes of your time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's complimentary. <laughs> well, we thank you uh, for joining us. I'm Shaheen again, so good to see you in person. It is. <laughs> Welcome back to Yay! both of us, right? <laughs> uh, we, we hope to be doing this live for the foreseeable future, God willing. Um, but thank you for joining us. If you are interested in reaching out to us for um, any of the health checks we've mentioned, please just visit our website uh, or shaheen at dataendura.com, S-H-A-H-I-N. Uh, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next month. Thanks everyone.